0: This week's parsha is Parshas Beshalach, and the pasuk says in Parak Yud Dalid pasuk Chavzayin, Vayet Moshehes Yade This is after Kriyas Yamsav, after the sea has split. It's after Klal Yisrael went through, and now the Egyptians were following in hot pursuit. So Hashem commands Moshe Rabbein, okay, take your hand and put it towards the sea and let the sea go back to its original way. And that way, all of the uh, army of Parai would drown. And the Pasuk says, V'yait Moshe did that. Moshe stretched out his hand over the sea. Va'yashav hayam Lifnay spiker And the water went back to its power, le'esane, esane is a lushan of, esane means strong, power. And so the sea reverted back to its power, meaning the sea, which was standing like two walls, crashes down and starts going back in its ordinary, natural way, in its powerful thrust. umitzrayim nasem le and then Egypt was, the Egyptians were fleeing towards it, and Hashem made them all drown, and then Klai Yisrael sings Oz Yashir. If you look in the Balaturim, and the truth is it's really a medrash in Shema Yisra'ba, Paragraf Aleph, Medrash Vav. The Balaturim, quoting the medrash, says that the word Le'esanai, meaning back to its original strength, is Eisiyais Litnov if you jumble the word it would spell out the word what is a t'nai? a t'nai is a condition Hashem made a deal with the sea when he created it in my t'nai Hashem made a t'nai said listen I'm creating you but there's one thing that you have to fulfill for me there's a condition that must be met that in a few thousand years from now, when the Jews are leaving Egypt, I want you to split. Shei you're going to split in front of Kla Yisrael. That's the deal that we're making tonight, Kaidem It has to be said right away at the beginning of Maiseb Reishas, this is the deal. You have to go against your Teva. We're creating Teva, Maiseb Reishas. You're going to go against your Teva when Kla Yisrael has Yetzias Mitzrayim, you're going to have to split for them. And that's all marumas in this word. Vayoshev hayom leesanei. The water came back to its original force, to its original power. And the word leesanei is the same letters as letsnai. He made a tsnai. There was a tsnai, so the tsnai was now being fulfilled. That tsnai and meisabreshes were being fulfilled. That now there's kriyas yamsav. The question that a lot of commentaries ask on the Balaturim and on this Medrash is that why is this being alluded to at the end of Kriyas Yamsuf? If you notice, this is not at the beginning of Kriyas Yamsuf. If I was, you know, putting a Remez to this Tanai that Hashem made with my with the Yam and my Sebratius that you're going to split someday, I would do it a couple of psukim earlier, or maybe a uh, 20, 30 psukim earlier, when Klai Yisrael actually is crying out Hashem, and then the sea splits miraculously, that would be the time to put in somehow some remez to the fact that there was a Tnai with Maisa Bratius that you're going to split for Klai Yisrael at Kriyas Yamsov. This is not before the Maisa of Kriyasiam, this is not at the moment of Kriyas Yamsov. it's not even during Kriyas it's at the tail end of Kriyas Yamsa, so when the sea goes crashing back down, to its force, to its regular, you know, crashing waves of nature. Now, Ah, Litznay Sana means le'esanay. There is a tonight. made a tonight with B'riyasayilam with the Yam that there's they're gonna split someday, but it's not splitting. And now we're going back to the ordinary course of nature. Why are you being miramis this nigh now? It's a little too late. You're doing, this is like Monday morning quarterback. You're ta- telling me about it tonight after the whole thing is over. That's the question that we're going to deal with today. So I have a, a teretz to this kasha. And I think it's a good teretz, but in order to get to the teretz, we're going to have to uh, give a little bit of a hakdama. But it's hakdamah that I think most of us, if not all of us, uh, know in one form or another. And you might have heard it from me, because I speak about this all the time. And uh, and if I haven't said this vart, you know, less than a hundred times, you know, since I started here 20 years ago, then I would uh, be not a good mashgiach. And I'm a good mashgiach, right? So that can't be. So. Um, the Bart is like this. The Ramban at the end of Parsha's bite is the most famous Ramban hands down in Chumash. And I always tell guys you have to know this Ramban if for no other reason that when you go out on dates with girls, all these girls are gonna know the Ramban and you wanna you don't wanna look like a total amart. So you have to know the Ramban because this Ramban is something that you have to know. There's something's you know, you have to know everything. But if you're gonna know one Ramban in Chumash, It's this Ramban, because it's the Yusayda Yusaydas. My Mashkiach growing up, when I was in high school, used to say that every Benteuer has to know this Ramban by heart. So I a committed a lot of it, especially the famous lines, the quotes that I I like. And uh, it's a beautiful Ramban. And it's a very Yusaydistic Ramban. It's a Ramban that really is our whole world. And I'll explain to you why. The Ramban at the very end of Parsha's Bae, it's very easy to find. It's, you just go to Parsha's By, the very, very, very last Ramban. It's quite a long Ramban. Um, it starts off a little slow, and you're wondering, okay, where's the beef? But once you start getting into the actual famous part of the Ramban, you're like, wow, this is mind-blowing, if you're learning it like as you should. The Ramban is bothered by why we need so many mitzvahs that are zeichel itzias Why do you need so many mitzvahs? There are so many, if we were to make a list of mitzvahs that are zeichel itzias we would probably get into, uh, I don't want to say a number because there's always going to be fact-checkers that tell me afterwards, no, 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 I know exactly. Many, many, I would say dozens of mitzvahs that are zeichel You start with Shabbos, Tefillin, Tzitzis, Tefillin, uh, um, Mezuzah, Ramban says zeichel itzias um, Pidjana Ben uh, Matzah, murr, Carbon Pesach all the mitzvahs related to Karben Pesach all of the uh, uh, Pidjana Petter Hamar uh, the list goes on and on Ze- Zeichel Yetzir Mitzrayim, Kid- Mitzrayim everything is Zeichel Yetzir Mitzrayim everything is Yetzir Mitzrayim we need like so many mitzvahs every single day to remind us about one thing if my wife tells me don't forget to take out the garbage Okay, so you know I will forget. So what do you do? You you tie a you know you tie a string around your finger, the proverbial string around your finger. Let's say I you come you know I come to you and I have strings around every finger. Then there's you know it's like strange. Like why do I need so many reminders? Like it's enough. You got one reminder that should be enough for you. Why do I need twenty, thirty, fifty reminders? You have to put a, a string on every finger and every toe and every you know every extremity. Like what what, what what's how many reminders? Are we, okay, Yitzchak's mitzrayim is a fact. So give us Pesach once a year, and we'll, we, we hop. We're not, you know, we're smart people, the Jews. We need every single day another reminder of mezuzah and a tefillin and a tzitzis and a and a, what, what's going on? Why do you need so many mitzvahs? this is the Ramban's kasha. And the Ramban says something very very profound. The Ramban says that Hashem doesn't make miracles, like really big, famous um, overt miracles, like Kriyas Yamsov like Dam, Tzvardea, and Akas Becheris. These are like miracles that are clearly miraculous. They're clearly supernatural. They're obviously designed to make everybody understand that there's a God in the world. You can't mistake, if, if I would show you, you know, If I take you to the sea and all of a sudden I stick out my hand and the sea would split into two big walls, you would say, okay, there is a God in the world. That would be obvious. But Hashem doesn't do this to every single generation. Hashem, that was like a one-time deal. It happened a few times in history that Hashem made certain miracles that there, you know, there was, when we went into the Eretz Yisrael through the Yardin, there was a similar type of miracle. And we had big miracles. Chanukah was a big miracle. And, uh, you know, there were many, many miracles throughout Tanakh. And, but it's very rare that Hashem shows us miracles so beferish, so clearly. And he, does, he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to show us constant miracles that are so big and famous and, and obvious because he doesn't want to ruin the whole system of free will. Free choice is something that is so built into, into the teva of the world. If we would see a Yad Hashem every single morning, we'd wake up and we'd see our alarm clock like flying in the air as soon as we uh, don't wake up on time, then we'd probably get up pretty quickly. Hashem wants to make it somewhat of a challenge to get up, so He doesn't make our alarm clock fly. I know that there are flying flying alarm clocks. I'm aware of that, um, but He doesn't do miracles every day because the Lush of the Ramban is the Rishayim are not worthy of seeing such miracles. But I think what the Ramban means is that He doesn't want the Rishayim to not be Rishayim. If you want to be a Rosh, be a Rosh on your own on your own expense, but he wants to keep the world running in a way, and that way, after we die, we're going to get Sechar or einish based on our own decisions, not because we were scared into something or we were shown it you know, and demonstrated it too clearly. It's not good if it's too clear either. It has to be somewhat murky, the world, and we have to find our own path through the fog. So Ramban says that the takeaway of Ityas Musrayam, and this is so important. He says like this from the great open public, publicized miracles like Kriyas Yamsuf, Adam Maida Nisim Hanistaram a person will concede, a person will admit or should admit to the Nisim Hanistaram to the hidden miracles. The hidden miracles, what are hidden miracles? Hidden miracles are all around us. The fact that I can move my hand, that's a miracle. The fact that I can see with my eyes is a miracle. We have no idea what goes into being able to enable a person to see with an eye. You know what it takes for a person to see with an eye? How many things, how many of the trillions of neurons in your eye have to work perfectly well in order for you to see and not see f- fuzzy and not and be able to have instant like if you like let's say you take your phone and you you're making a video and you look down at the paper you're zooming in on the paper with with letters and then you go right up you know and to to see something distant what happens in the meantime between the the between seeing something up close and then zooming far and then and then seeing something far away the camera takes a second to readjust right it's like blurry for a second the human eye doesn't do that. I could look down if I, my eyesight was really good, and I'd be able to see the letters and look up right away. There's no blurriness. I could see you right away. That's amazing. That's not normal. I just read yesterday there was a safer an English book lying around in the base marriage. I picked it up, and he was speaking about like like showing demonstrably that um, Hashem exists. So. Speaking about evolution, and evolution is is known to be like a fraud it 's a joke it doesn 't it 's ridiculous They say you have to be a much bigger mindman, you have to be a much bigger believer. Uh, in in Darwin than to be a believer in Hashem. It's much easier just believe in a God, there's a creator, and that, that takes care of all the problems. No, 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 I'm believing in in Darwin who said that there was a Big Bang, that means that the world was created from like an explosion of some sort, and that created, you know, a sun, a moon, stars, human beings, animals, with eyes, with ears, with that, you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous, it's not much ridiculous. Uh, the only reason why people believe it is because it's the only way that you could avoid believing in God. I don't want to believe in God. If I believe in God, it means I have to keep mitzvahs. I have to have a conscience. I can't do whatever I want to do. You know, I have to. I have to. I have to be a good boy. I don't want to be a good boy. So I have to somehow like do an end run around God. So okay, Darwinism, evolution, the science. But Darwin himself wrote. There's letters from Darwin. Because he, you know. As, as shekardik as he was, he everybody has a little bit of a conscience. And he wrote that the human eye still makes me shudder. Which means that as much as I was able to build this whole binion of kfira and minas and apicursus, when I think of the human eye, it's like a it's a on everything that I'm saying. How does the human eye... Somebody had to create the human eye. Something had to create the human eye. The human eye is so perfect and so you know you could say a hand is like maybe like a little course a human eye is technology to the uh millionth power before a computer before any there was there was nothing like an eye to be able for an eye to see how does that happen how is the connections the neurons in the brain and and connecting with so many it's so easy for the eye not to work we don't realize how fragile the eye is and hashem created um, a, uh, a forehead that, that eye should be protected by. So if you bump into a wall, you know, you'll know you hit your forehead before you hit the eye so that protects the eye. But Darwin himself, the said that the eye still gives me the shutters. Which means that everything is a miracle. Everything is a miracle, but human beings sometimes tend to not see them as miracles. We, we chalk it up, Mother Nature. There's snow or there's not snow, global warming. Everything we have, we have a tarot, for everything. Everything, you know, if it snows, it's, you know, it's, we have to do something about it. If it rains, it's too much rain, it's too little rain. There's a God in the world. That's the answer. Hashem is controlling everything. And if the sun was a couple of miles closer to the earth, we would, we would all burn up. If it was a couple of miles further from the earth, we'd all freeze to death. That's an accident? That Darwin had a, had a that makes sense to you? We're talking about like ninety-three million miles, and we're talking, and uh, no, there, but it just happened to be that it doesn't make sense. But people tend to want to believe that Tava—it's nature—and if you say the word nature, that absolves you of believing in God. So the Ramban says that Yitzhak's is not just Tama, a historical event that's interesting to 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 get around the table once a year and and talk to your family about. Yetzirah Mitzrayim is the one time in history that Hashem showed his hand, as it were. He showed nisim galuyim, overt, clean, crystal clear nisim. And from there, you're going to have to admit that there's no such thing as evolution, there's no such thing as taba, no, it's all baloney, that there's a God in the world. The problem is I'm going to forget. So Hashem says, okay, I'm going to give you constant reman. I'm going to make a string out on every finger, on every toe, and a, because you're going to remember it. When you put on your tefillin, and you have kavanah. you're thinking about Yitzhia Mitzrayim. You're keeping Shabbos tonight. You're making Kiddush. Zeichel Yitzhia Mitzrayim. You're putting on your tzitzis. You're kissing the mezuzah. You're going uh, uh, Pesach and the, the month. But you're learning Psachim, Everything, you're, you're constantly being reminded about Zeichel Yitzhia Mitzrayim because those nisim that are great, are not for the purpose of the Nisim itself. That's, it makes a cool story, makes a cool movie, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, but that's, the purpose of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is not the movie, not the, the big event, it's the aftermath. It's what do you do with that fact, now that you see that there was a God in the world, now what? What's your takeaway from Yitzhak Mitzrayim? My takeaway from Yitzhak Mitzrayim is that everything is Hashem, that there's not shayich, a thing in the world that happens Without Ashkachaprad, without Hashem knowing about it, without Hashem running it, without Hashem orchestrating it. Hashem is mamish everywhere. He's here in the room. And if he, if he makes us get a promotion, it's because he did it. If he makes us lose our job, it's also good. Hashem did that as well. If you find the shidduch, that's a great thing. If you lose a shidduch, you break a shidduch, it's also a great thing. Hashem is running the world. The same God that split the sea, that did things supernaturally, is doing nature. And if there's a, a bug on the floor, it's from Hashem. And if there's rain, or if it's freezing, or if it's... if it, It's all Hashem. Everything is Hashem. Not a single thing, not a molecule, not a speck of dust happens without Hashem. Ve'ein l'chem chilek meisha, says <laughs> the Ramban. You don't have a in b'tayres meisha. You're not able to claim to be a Torah Jew. At until you agree, until you believe that everything that happens in the world... It's from Hashem and Einla, Teva, Minhag Shalom, Klal. There's no such thing as Teva. There's no Minhag shalom. There's no, like, just happened to be. I got into an accident. I got a parking ticket. I, you know, just, you know, I bumped into my friend that I haven't seen in 10 years. Nothing is coincidental. Nothing is an accident. Everything happens by, because Hashem decided it. That is the legacy. That's the legacy of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Right. And that's why we have to remind ourselves constantly about this because otherwise we'll go off the rails. We're going to get derailed, we're going to believe that, oh Teva, I'm taking classes in biology and chemistry. Wow. There's something called nature, there's chemistry, that's all, it happened, you forget about Hashem. You're like, Paray, Mi Hashem, Hashem, I don't know, Hashem, it's it's biology. It's chemistry, no, no, no. It's all, if you learn it with this Kavanah, then everything is holy. Biology is holy. Chemistry is holy. Physics is holy. Math is all, it's all from Hashem. It's all Chachmas Hashem. Now with this Hakdama, and you have to see the Ramban inside. It's such a beautiful Ramban. It's so to With this Ramban in mind, I think we have a great terence, and I hope you will agree with me. We have a terence to this question that we started with this morning. What was the question? The question was why is the word le'esonai which is a remez to letenai that hashem made it t'nai with my sebaretias that he's going to split the sea for claus yisrael why does that appear after kriyas yamsuf shouldn't it appear as an introduction to kriyas yamsuf and i believe that the answer is so based on this ramban because the point of kriyas yamsuf now we understand is not for the splitting of the sea obviously that was a part of it the sea had to split and that was an amazing event but you know what the real purpose of the t'nai that hashem made with my sub was that i want you to split why do i want you to split obviously to get claw Yisrael across but i want you to split so that when you are finished splitting and now the sea comes crashing down and now nature starts looking like nature again That's the purpose of Kriyas Yamsuf. It's that bridge between the Nisim Hagadilim, for some, the great open miracles, to the regular what we call Teva. That's where the Nakuda. That's the main point of the miracle. The purpose of the Tznai that Hashem made with the Bria, Maisa, gracious that I want you to split for Klal Yisrael is not before Kriyas Yamsuf. It's that. You'll have a Kriyas Yamsav, but after Kriyas Yamsav, what's gonna happen? Klay Yisrael is gonna see that you see are gonna crash back down, go lay sun, go back to your natural force. You're gonna look like the sea again. You're gonna be like flowing like the sea. And Klay Yisrael is gonna stand by the shore and say, No, 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 that sea is not a regular I thought before Kriyas Yam, I thought the sea was just a regular part of Deva. This is a Yad Hashem sea. This is a sea that's, that, that, that is holy. This is a sea that's, that's miraculous. It's miraculous when it's split, but it's equally as miraculous when it's flowing. The same Hashem that said to split is saying that you should flow. So the Tnai of my is is le'esonai. When you're back to the taikaf, when you're back to your full force after the miracle, in the aftermath, when the whole miracle is over and the curtain drops and now the show is over, and now K'lai Yisrael is looking at the sea, that's the main purpose of the Asane, the Tznai. The t'nay that HaKadosh Baruch baked into my sabreishas was that I want you one time in history to split and then go back to being normal. And at the point that you go back to being normal, that's the main thing that I want from you. It's not so much the splitting, that's, okay, I could do that, but I want you to show to Kalal Yisrael, to the world, that after you're finished splitting, you're back to normal. And the normal is hardly normal. The normal is the takeaway that I look at the sea from now on as being very, very, very miraculous. Nice in the storm, it's a hidden miracle, but I have to remind myself that it's not, that this same sea, if you go out to the ocean today and you look at the sea, you're going to say, well, it's nature. But if you remind yourself that there is and you remind yourself that this very sea split that means that Hashem is controlling the sea. And now you're looking at the sea again as being completely different. When you have the eyes of Yitzhak Mitzrayim on the sea, now you realize that this choppy water is not choppy because the wind, it's because Hashem decided that it should be choppy. You know, by the Sefer Yainah, Yaina was on a boat and and all the, all the sailors on the boat who were from the, all the 70 nations of the world, they knew that something funny was going on and they, just, they drew lots and they said, whose fault is it? Why, how did they know it was somebody's fault? And they threw Yaina overboard because they realized that it was him. How did they know? Maybe it was just a choppy sea. Maybe, you know, maybe the sea was really rough and, and they were going, this is Teva. So the Mepharshim say that, Chazal say that, all the other, sea, all the other boats in the sea were very calm. It was just there, like, it was like there was a spotlight shining on their boat, and they were, like, about to capsize, but all the other boats were fine. So they knew that something was up. That means that Hashem is controlling everything about Teb. the other is Teba. No such thing as Tebba. if the seas are calm, it's because Hashem wants it to be calm. If the seas are rough, it's because Hashem decided that they should be rough. Everything is for a purpose. Everything is for a purpose. And that's the takeaway... Of that's why, says the Ramban, everything is so important, and that's why I believe that Hayam Hayom Le'Hissaneh, that that Hashem E'Kriyat was primarily important at the point that it went back to Tava, because that's the that's transition that the whole and Mitzrayim was intended for. After the Yamsav splits, and after it goes back to normal Tava, now, Klai Yisrael, you should know that that's not Tava, that's a Neis That's miracles that are cloaked by Teva, but the Yad Hashem, is ubiquitous. There's a great story that I always like repeating. Um, rabbi Reisman, the famous Rosh uh, Hashiva of Tarvadas, and he gives a very big shir in Navi on Matzai Shabbos, and uh, he's also a rabbi, he has a shul and Flapish, and he's a very brilliant person, he has a great sense of humor, he's very uh, beloved. So, one morning in his shool, there was a yid, one of his misbalim, that looked very upset. So he goes over to him after davening. He says, I see you look upset. Is something bothering you? He says, yeah, I was supposed to catch a plane early this morning to Chicago. I had a business meeting there. And all of a sudden, I was driving, and then it got bumper to bumper traffic. And I was delayed. And uh, I wasn't able to make the flight. And I missed the flight. And there's no other flight until tomorrow. Basically, I missed the meeting. I could have made a lot of money, potentially. I'm very, very upset about it. So Rabbi Reisman, in his you know, unique way, he says, let me ask you a question. He says, let's say you're driving home from Shul now, and you turn on 1010 Winds News, you turn on the radio, and it says that that plane that you were supposed to be on crashed. You're supposed to be on it, but it crashed everybody on board died and you weren't on the plane. You survived. What would your reaction be? My reaction? He said, I make the biggest kiddush and Flapish the Shabbos. Mamash make the kiddush the mother of all kiddushim. I'd have, you know, you know, sushi, I'd have, uh, you know, uh, smoked meat platters, I'd have, uh, you know, bakal miko kala, everything, on the schnapps, everything. I make the biggest kitchen. I, I survived the language. He says, Reisman said, like, tongue-in-cheek, he says, you Russia, do 250 innocent men, women, and children have to die for you to see the Yad Hashem? Why do we always have to have that ending? Like, we always have, oh, and then the plane crashed, and then the buildings, you know, blew up, and then, you know, and then you got a better job. We always have to have, like, that happy ending, you know, like, all these stories always end on a happy note. Ah, now I see the Yad Hashem. That's not seeing the Yad Hashem. Yad Hashem means I believe with every fiber of my being that Hashem runs the world. Sometimes I am privy to seeing that Hashem runs the world. Sometimes you have these stories that are so evident, and that's why we like these stories. It, it shows that there's still Hashem in the world. He's still running things, and things work out perfectly. The, you know, and, and very often, if you give it enough time, many times the, it does work out perfect. Not always, according to at least our perception of perfect, but very often you see how things turn out perfect. But it doesn't have to be that way. We have to believe in Hashem with the Ramban, that I see from Yitzhak Mitzrayim that Hashem exists, and Hashem runs the world, and everything is a innate. And no matter what I think is good or bad, it doesn't matter because Hashem is running the world and everything that Hashem does is for the good. I'll give you a story that you'll like. The story that has a crazy ending. I just saw it last week. There was a, a Rebbe that was driving on a snowy highway and the snow was building and building and building. and uh, And... He had to pull over because his car was getting there was so much snow that, you know, his car stopped being able to drive. It was like building so fast. So he pulled over to the side of the road and he started getting out of his car and taking a shovel from the back seat and he was shoveling. All of a sudden he hears on the side of the road there's a person like screaming for help, crying for help. He looks around, he doesn't see anybody. But he sees there's like a big Bank of snow, a big embankment of snow. And uh, he hears the cries coming from there, so he quickly takes his shovel and he you know, quickly, and there's a human being that was like under a huge mountain of snow. And he you know, gets him out after a while and he puts him in his warm car, and they start schmoozing. And he says, like, What happened? He says, Well, I was, you know, my car had to pull over just like yours. He says, And I was uh, trying to get the, car, the snow off of some of the tires. And all of a sudden a huge, um, like, you know, the the snow plows, they came and it it just, they didn't see me, I guess, or whatever. And they they threw like a ton of snow on top of me on the side of the road. And so I was little, I thought I was going to die. There's no Shiloh, I was was going to die. I'm buried in a mountain of snow, could barely breathe, just screaming my last breaths. Maybe somebody would hear me. And here you were, you saved my life. Anyway, so they started talking, and he said that um, his. It turns out that he was Jewish. Uh, he grew up not knowing that he was Jewish, but and his father, you know, they came. They were children of Holocaust survivors, and parents didn't want them to know that they were Jewish, so basically raised them as non-Jewish. And then uh, his father died. Then his mother was getting sick, and she was, she called him over to her bedside, and she said, "I want you to tell. I want to tell you something. You're really Jewish." We didn't want to tell you because, you know, we didn't want you to have to have all of the restrictions that Jews have. But you're Jewish. You should know. Your parents, your grandparents were Holocaust survivors. And um, and that was it. And then she died. And he didn't really do anything about it. He just went on with his life. But he knew that he was Jewish. And now, you know, he, he sees this Rebbe in the car sitting next to me. He told him he's Jewish. And he said all right, let's keep in touch with each other. They they exchanged phone numbers. They got each other out of the snow. They went back to their old lives. And then um, one day, a couple of days later, a couple of weeks later, uh, this rabbi gets a, a door. Somebody rings his doorbell. And it's this guy, this guy that he, that he saved his life. And he came, he, they hugged each other. How are you? And basically, he brought him like a top of the line Snowplow as a present, like a beautiful, brand new electric snowblower, and uh, you know they lived in a part of the country that actually they needed it, like New York used to need it. Now, Baruch Hashem, we don't. We're like Florida today, and uh, I know I'm going to give a nine hair tomorrow. There's going to be a huge snowstorm, <laughs> but um, there's uh, anyway. They thanked each other. Thank you. Unnecessary. All of a sudden, the Rebbe's mother-in-law, who was at the house. Um, was having a massive heart attack while this whole thing was taking place. And Hatsala came right away and, you know, d- did some CPR on her. And then, but there was snow that was falling and they had to get out of the driveway onto the street and they couldn't because there was too much snow. But they had the snowblower, the plow. They plugged it in and right away, boom, 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 in three minutes they were able to get the whole snow out. And, and the, the Rebbe and this... This guy, you know, we're looking at this as it was unfolding, or they were part of it, and they say, there's clearly a God in the world. I mean, look at the chain of events that you happen to be pulled over, and, you know, I found you, you know, I saved your life, you saved now my mother-in-law's life, um, and, you know, there's, and now this guy's becoming from, because now he sees the Yad Hashem so clearly. That's the way... You know, that from the great Nisim, you're able to get the hidden Nisim. Everything is a Nis. But we don't always see everything as being a Nis, unfortunately or fortunately. That's the way the world is. But we have to take away from Metzirah Mitzrayim that every single thing in our life, good, bad, ugly, everything is from Hashem. Sometimes we have tightness in Hashem. Why would you make me this way? Why would not you make me that way? Why didn't you make me, why don't you make me uh, smarter? Why would not you make me taller, shorter, uh, uh, you know, uh, richer, poorer? Everything is, we're always blaming Hashem. Hashem has a, an exact reason that we may know or we may never know, but that is part of being a card-carrying member of Tyrus Smeisha. If you believe in this, then you could say that I'm a Torah Jew. If you don't believe in this, say I know, listen, I believe in Chris Yamsov, I believe in Tz'ez I believe in all the biblical, but come on, now in 2023, Hashem really is concerned with it. Yes. Yes. And we have to keep reminding us because we know the way we get so anxious when we forget this. When we forget about Hashem, we get nervous. That's when we start shaking again, right? Uh, all right, but how am I going to get into this graduate school? I don't know. I, my final, I didn't get. You, do you believe or do you not believe? We have to believe consistently, but we forget. So Hashem makes Yisces Mitzrayim. Hashem makes so many mitzvahs to remind ourselves of Yisces Mitzrayim. The Ramban uses the lashon Ki mezuzah bezuz echad. If you buy yourself a mezuzah with one zuz, that's like a, a beautiful play on words of the mezuzah, the sherish of the word mezuzah, is a zuz. You see, you, you, how much does a mezuzah cost? A couple of bucks. You go buy some mezuzah with that. You're kind of all of the isaidus of B'ri Asaylam. This is the point where the same Ramban That same piece says that we have no other we have no reason to understand, to explain why Hashem created the universe except for this, that He wants us to exist. He wants us to admit that He exists. He wants us to to declare that we're your creations. We believe in you. That's why Hashem created the world. If somebody comes over to you in the street and asks you, why did God create planet Earth? What, God wasn't busy enough. He wasn't able to occupy Himself with enough things to do. He needed this. He needed this social experiment, this human experiment of a uh, of, of planet Earth, one of a billion balls of, uh, on, you know, in the galaxies with, with human beings, with war, with, with, with schmutz, with with, Harris, with what he needed this. The Ramban addresses this, the Ramban, go to say yes, the Ramban say parshas bai. Everything is this, is this Ramban, this Ramban answers all the mysteries of the universe, you just learn it. That's why the Ramban is so famous. And when you have this Ramban in mind, then everything becomes a religious experience. No such thing as not a religious experiment, experience. You could take your kids to the zoo someday on Chalmayed, or your siblings to the zoo, or your parents to the zoo. And you, know, and you could walk around saying, oh, that's such a pretty peacock. I love those feathers. And that orangutan is so funny. Look at him. He's like, going, you, know, it's, you, know, you could do a totally Gaisha tour of the zoo, and that's pretty cool. But if you have this Ramban in mind, the zoo becomes like a base medrash. Look at why Hashem made this. Hashem made a horse look this way. Hashem made a, a monkey look this way. Hashem made a, a, you know, a peacock, and he made fish, and he made seals, and he made, and everything. You know, you look at the Yad Hashem. You look at what's going on. Why did Hashem make this? For, for giving him praise so we could see the brilliance of HaKadosh Baruch and in Teva. Hashem could have made all birds pigeons. All birds could. If he made a bird, could, let them all be pigeon. Why do you have to make a million different variety of varieties of birds, An eagle and a bald eagle and a, and a seagull and a pigeon and a and a peacock and a and a and a, and a parrot and a parakeet and a, what, what what's this for? Because he wants us to see through Teba, that there is a God in the world. He wants us to get Hanah from him. He wants us show, He wants to show us the array of his art, artistry, of his brilliance, of his beauty. He made a million types of fish. You go scuba diving in a lot and you see like, you know, mind blowing fish of different colors, different shapes, different sizes. Amazing. All of this is to inspire us, to make us recognize that now atheists go scuba diving also. They also see the same fish. But if you're a person scuba diving with a Ramban in mind, it's a religious experience. It's Mamish seeing Kriya Syamsa, everything that you're doing. And I want to just end with one final aside. There was a story that Rav Schwab used to tell over. Rav Shimon Schwab, in the summer of 1927, he had the great tzchus of accompanying Rav Chaim Ezer Gretzensky, the gadol adar. Rav Chaim Ezer was the peisig adar, the gadol adar, the manig adar. So Rav Schwab, as a, as a bacher, he had the tzchus of accompanying him as he was convalescing in Montreux, Switzerland, in a beautiful part of Switzerland with the Swiss Alps. And, and Rav Schwab pointed out to Rav the beauty of the snow-capped Swiss Alps. And look at the neflois habayre, what we're talking about. And Rav Chaim said a very cryptic remark when Rav Schwab was pointing this out. He says, yes, yes, indeed it is beautiful. But which means that I would prefer to see a yid with a beard. Meaning he was in Switzerland, there weren't too many Jews with beards running around there, there weren't too many from, from Jews. He said, I, more so than seeing the Swiss Alps with the mountains and the gorgeous you know, view, I'd rather see a yid with a beard. And whatever Abchaim meant as a matter of speculation... Schwab said that perhaps he could have been conveying the thought that while the glory of Hashem is revealed through the beauty of nature, how much more so is the wondrous creation of Hashem magnified through the prism of Atam Talmud Chachem. But I think that perhaps we could say a little bit different. The our Chaim Eizer meant was that as much as you could see the brilliance of Hashem and the Yad of Hashem in teva when you go to the zoo you go to the aquarium when you go uh, on a nature walk you go and see the swiss alps you go and see uh the Melech, whatever it is that inspires you the grand canyon but much greater a miracle a nistar as that is that we're supposed to tap in when we see it to the godless of akarispar and the floisabare is when we look in a mirror when we look at our friend, we look at our chabrus, we look at our rabbi, we look at our at our yeshiva. You look at a, a siyum in MetLife Stadium, and you see a yid. There's no greater miracle. There's no greater proof of Hashem's existence than seeing another yid or seeing yourself. Do you know how much it took for us to be here? Do you know the odds of us being here right now with a yarmulke and a pair of and having Davin this morning and learning a little tyrant now? Do you know the odds of that happening? The odds of that happening, it would be easier to go to, to the local Bodego and buy a lotto ticket and expect to win you know, a billion-dollar lotto. The odds of doing that is much greater. Is much, you have much better odds winning the lottery than, than you existing right now today. After the Egyptians tried to kill us, and failed. After the Greeks, the Romans, the Span- the Spanish, Tchvetat, the Ukrainians, the Polish, the Holocaust, six million Jews, and then all the wars that are in Eretz Yisrael, all the wars that were fought throughout history. Do you know, and, and here we are. We a- we're able to like Mamish be like an ant trying to cross over a superhighway and not get hit by a car. What are the odds of that happening, not being steamrolled by a car? Impossible, right? For an ant to cross over, over the Belt Parkway, it's not going to make it. It's impossible, right? That's what a yid is. A yid is a person that w- walked through s- thousands of years of history, thousands of years of history, with countless, countless enemies gunning for you day and night, trying to destroy you, very often successfully, and you're still going and you happen to have been born from this and then the family moved there and then they went from Eastern Europe, Western Europe, Morocco, Tunisia, Algiers, boom, boom, boom and you're constantly like surviving rockets and missiles and guns and swords and spears and, and, and gas and being able to survive and being a from a Yid after all of that, that's not miraculous. There's no greater miracle than a Yid. This is what Rabbi Yaakov Emden said. He says, There's no, he says, of all the Nisim, is the greatest naces our survival throughout Gaulus. So when you look in a mirror and you say, Ugh, you know, I don't look so good today. I'm not feeling so good today. I'm really like sad about this and that and the other thing. Remind pinch yourself and say, I'm a miracle. There's no reason in the world that I should be here unless Hashem decided that I deserve to be here. If Hashem said that I'm here, that means he wants me to be here. That means he gave me a personal mission. And I have a mission to do with my life. I have, I'm, it's too important, my life's mission, to waste it by being jealous, by being depressed, by being upset about this and upset about that. Know your mission. Recognize the miracle that you are. And go through your life being positive, being optimistic, being hopeful, knowing that Hashem put me here. It wasn't an accident that I'm here. Hashem did not just accidentally drop me here. Hashem made sure that through all the, the bombs of history, through all the threats of history, I'm here. And Baruch Hashem, I'm equipped to being a Shemitah Mitzvah. I have a, a good Torah background. I could learn every day. I could daven every day. I could do chesed every day. I could get married. I could have a family. I could make, uh, make money. I could give tzedakah. I could do so many good things. I'm a miracle. And I'm not the only miracle. There's a room full of miracles. There's a community full of miracles. There's a world full of miracles. Everything in life with this Ramban is a miracle. Now we just have to really study this Ramban and get it into our brains. And once we get it into our brains, once we infuse our brains with this concept that everything is Hashem, everything is a miracle, life becomes perfect doesn't mean everything in our life is perfect, but whatever happens in our life, whether we perceive it as good or perceive it as bad, we have to always remember it's a test, or it's for the best, it's because Hashem loves me He's doing this, and I'll see maybe someday why this is happening. I don't know why it's happening right now. Someday I will hopefully be Zayche to see, And even if I'm never I, to see it, I have to believe it, that there's a God in the world, and everything that happens is is a is nais ain bram tabah uminhashlo ilam claw have a beautiful beautiful shabbas everybody say thank you